Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone for another episode of Bedrock and Balderstone to talk about Farscape Season 1. This is going to be episodes 12 and 13. Now, depending on which order you're watching them in, they could vary. So I saw it on Prime, and the order I saw it was episode 12 was The Flax, and episode 13 was Rhapsody in Blue. Uh, but Adam has informed me that this is actually not the preferred order of the show creators. They prefer the reverse of that. Um, as a courtesy to me, Adam is going to allow us to discuss it in the order that I saw it in, uh, just because I'm probably going to be a dumbass and screw things up and put them out of order. So we think it's safer to talk about them in the order that I watched them in. Uh, and it's really not a big deal either way. There's one tiny, tiny thread between the two that, that where it makes a difference. And it actually works either way. But, which we'll get to that thread. But is there is this a thing though where certain fans will become irate if you if you don't mention it's, that it's a TV show. Certain fans will become irate no matter what. Okay. You do. So uh, yeah, but uh, now it, it's it's like I said. So we'll go with the flax first because yeah, I I'm going in the DVD order, which is I believe the preferred order, and it, you know it's gone up on Amazon Prime since we started this because clearly. You know, Bezos listened to the podcast, and we totally sold him on on putting the show on Prime. But uh, <laughs> so, uh, so this, so okay, so why don't we talk about the Flax first then? Which yes. is basically like, uh, what is it? Aaron and and John go up on a on a like like a flight exercise so that he can learn to he can train. Test. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and they get stuck in this stuff called the Flax, which was put there by these Venetian pirates. And then this weird guy named Stans shows up, mm-hmm. and helps Diargo go find them, and then Diargo has to kind of choose, right? Like, the, the whole thing is moral dilemmas, right? Diargo is choosing between his son and rescuing his friends, and Aaron and John are choosing who, who's going to die in the yeah. in the ship because of, you know, disaster that strikes there. So I, I think that's the basic plot, right? Am I missing anything, or...? Yeah, there's the other thread going on where uh, where Zahn is uh, with Rigel, and they're trying to deal with the the pirate captain uh Krakich, who uh you know he, he's looking for uh for stands and they're trying to pretend that they don't know but there's you know, there's a lot going on there and of course there's you know rigel's whole love of Todek, this game that he uh really wants everyone to play with him so so the thing i, I want to say right away about this episode just before i forget the ending totally took me by surprise i had i had i was had zero preparation in my head for where they went with the stands character. Um, that was, that was a total curveball. Um, and really I thought it was amusing. It was very well done. It was, there was something charming about it. Do you know what I mean? There's something very like it, the character became very endearing in that moment. Um, you know, give it cause, cause before it was sort of like, I saw stands as like a more annoying version of Mad Max. Do you know what I mean? Like he he felt like he was plucked out of a Mad Max movie number one. Yeah, I but, can I can see that. I can see that. This spaceship that that operates by burning dolls was yeah. uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's yeah. Just the whole way his ship was set up, his personality, his his attire, his makeup. Um, but then when we find out he's the female of his species, that was because mm-hmm. because you know you. When you see Stans, he's the opposite of what you think of when you think of a female. I mean, just he's just presented yeah. as sort of a dopey, masculine type character, and he falls in love with Diargo over the course of the story. And I just thought that was a, that was a the last thing that I expected 
for that character to reveal in that moment. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's an unusual twist because like, there's three three plot threads in this. So when you said the ending, surprised me. I'm like, which ending? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, this I I. You know, I, I like at the beginning. You know, just just the, I mean, just the diving into the episode at all. I mean, you know, we have the we like said they get stuck in the flax, then we jump back to uh, Moya again, and you know, Rigel's having this. You know, he's trying to annoy the hell out of Zahn by banging on his game and making yeah. that noise over and over and over again. I, I love Pilot coming in with that horrible screeching noise over the intercom. And just just the, the dry way he says, oh, sorry about that. I must have <laughs> hit the wrong button. It's just, it's, it's you know, it's just this Pilot, when he gets passive-aggressive, is always really entertaining. Rigel had a pretty impressive storyline, I thought, this episode. I was, yeah. I was, I, was, I, was, I was intrigued where it went with him. Uh, I like that he sort of, you know, he was basically bored, and that was I, I, my feeling was that was his amusement. Was he, he, I don't think he even really cared about saving the companions so much as just not being bored anymore. Um, it was it was it was all the game he was playing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I, the thing I love about the about the about the Rigel plotline is is you know it's setting it up to look like Rigel is going to do this despicable thing. And sell out stands and Dargo, but you know, on a lot of shows would do a plot like that, but it would never really be plausible that this cast member would do something that despicable. Yeah. But this show with Rigel, you're like, yeah, I totally believe that Rigel would have gone the other way. Yeah. <laughs> so it it works much better than it would in a lot of other shows because yeah, you you really can't tell which way Rigel's going to flip. And I guess the um. I guess the more important plot development is the uh, the kiss between, well, more than a kiss between, um, yeah, Aaron Sun and 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 John Crichton. Um, I, you've sort of been expecting it, like it's they've been building to it over the whole season, and I yeah. I really thought this was just going to be a tease. I thought it was going to be another one of those things where ah, you expect them to kiss, yes, because because yes. the CPR and all that, but no, they're not going to, um, and so. And also, they didn't do it that way. They 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 made you think the CPR was going to be the moment, but it was actually after that. You know, you know, perhaps because they had had a taste of one another through the CPR, but it was still done. the 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 moment of passion was after that. Um, yeah, so I don't. I also like. Oh, go ahead. I also like the fact that most shows, the typical cliche way to do this is like two seconds before they kiss when their lips are about an inch apart, that's when, when Dargo would have burst in and nothing would have happened. They would have been like, oh, that would be the standard way. But no, they're already like, you know, stripping out of their spacesuits yeah. and everything by the time Dargo shows they're up. They're basically <laughs> about to have sex when he shows up. Like that's, yeah. that's exa- yeah. And, uh, and, and Dargo's so- totally aware of it. He's just got that classic, you know, thing when you walk into a room where something's going on, they're pretending it's not, but yeah, you, you know you know what was going on 10 seconds before. Well, he would especially know what's going on. He could probably smell the pheromones. In the room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, but I, I thought that, uh, I, I don't know, I, I like that. I can see how the order is actually important in light of that part of the episode because 
given the episode that follows or that precedes it, depending on the order in Rhapsody in Blue, he has that he has a moment with um, with Zahn that is a little weird to have him have after uh, after he kisses soon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that so, is that is weird. I had actually thought about that aspect of it, but so, yeah, that is strange. So if 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 Rhapsody in Blue is actually meant to come before, I can sort of see that makes more sense. Actually, do you know what I mean? I can see why, because it it's 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 a little less weird since he's not doing it on the heels of uh, of that. Yeah. yeah, that that would be strange. I mean, and the other the element I was thinking of that carries between the two episodes is. Uh, you know, Dargo goes and checks the criminal records they have on the ship from when the peacekeepers ran it and finds Stans as, you know, used to be a pirate and everything. And and uh, Zahn is, you know, saying, well, you know, not everybody, yeah, you know, not everybody is guilty of what the peacekeepers say they are. And, and Dargo, Dargo just very sternly says, well, you know, have you looked at what they said about you? And it's like, you know, if you if you've seen the other episode before, you know exactly what Dargo's talking about. He's talking okay. about the fact that you know, you know, the, the the other episode, you do find out what her crime is, and then and if you if you notice, Zahn is says, "What do you mean by that?" And she's very tense about it because yeah. he's basically saying, "Yeah, yeah, you're you're guilty of what you, said, you know, the records say you did. You killed your lover." So it's. Uh, yeah, it's it's it, it, I I'd say that's another point where it makes a difference. But I guess you can read it the other way and see it see it as foreshadowing, maybe. But I don't know. It's uh, I it's, I it's, no I I think the episodes work better the other way around for sure. Now yeah, that, now that I mean, I'm really thanks. thinking about it, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I don't know. I I I I I, I thought this was a this was like a. A, a really good episode. I was I was I was pleased with it all around. Um, I think the the next episode is better for sure. Like that was my favorite out of the two, but this mm-hmm. one I enjoyed and I thought there was you know again that I mean that plot beat with Sun and and Crichton is obviously important. So um, yeah, and I mean it's it's a big Aaron moment too that she has reached this point where you know it's like just. Uh, you know, her, her mere survival isn't enough. It's like the idea of, of surviving, but, you know, him dying just is like, nah, nah. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a big moment. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, I, and I did like sort of the moral dilemma aspect of it. Sort of like there's one helmet and only one of us can wear it. And, you know, it, it, you know, it, it, it's, you know, again, it's, it's sort of, it's a little bit weakened by the fact that they ultimately don't have a choice because the helmet that they want to use won't fit Crichton sure. anyways, so they have to go with Sun. Um, well, yeah, I kind of like that, though, because it flips it. It's like they've made up their minds, they know what they're going to do, and then suddenly the situation yeah. flips again. Okay. You know, if, they, if they'd immediately noticed the helmet only flipped, you know, fit one person, it, you know, that would have, you know, that that, that, that would have, then I'd agree with you that it weakened it. But the fact that they wait till the last moment to go, oh, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um and yeah, so you know, and I, and I guess I guess also the other thing that's going on is this: if this episode comes after the Zahn episode, mm-hmm. those mental hallucinations that they're having are actually more frightening. Do you know what I mean? Than if it comes before, you know, like like with the whole Jothy thing, right? Yeah, you know, um, th- you know that that would have been a little bit more frightening following the. Uh, 
the um, Rhapsody in Blue episode, I, I think. Because you, you, you might have been thinking, oh, maybe it's related to that. Do you know what I mean? Wait, the, well, the, the, no, but the Jaffe, was just, that was in Rhapsody in Blue. Was it? Oh, I'm okay. I apologize. I'm getting them confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought I thought that um, I thought it was in the Flax that he was confused about his son. No, no. During Rhapsody in Blue, when they're about to go down to the planet, he and Aaron are going to go back down mm-hmm. to the planet. So they give them the hallucinations to stop them from coming. You know the. Uh, oh, that's right. He's okay. I got the mixed up. So I apologize. Now I know why okay. I got them mixed up. He's trying to find the map in that ship. To help him track down his son. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. My yeah. apologies. Um, yeah. And he ultimately decides, oh, doesn't doesn't want to find his son and, and you know, let his friends die in the process. Well, so. when that was going on, all I was thinking was, I do not trust Stan. Stan seems very untrustworthy. I don't think that he's going to get to, you know, like that ship's going to be riddled with problems when he gets there or something, you know? Um, uh-huh. So... I was nervous on that. And again, you know, I, I obviously I misjudged. I had no idea where they were going to go with stands, but, uh, yeah. but, but yeah, so I don't know. It was, it was, a, it was a good episode. And I, I think my favorite bit though, is the, it's actually the Rigel stuff. Um, you know, just seeing yeah. him kind of scheming the way he's scheming and just the joy that he's taking in all this stuff unfolding. And Zahn <laughs> has no idea. I, yeah, I, Zahn's frustration. She's like, "Why are you blowing this?" And he's yeah. he's playing this deeper game. It's like he's he's using Zahn's frustration to make his deception more convincing. That, yeah. you know, she genuinely, genuinely believes it. So and I, I like the smoking too. Just him him having that like hookah, the smoke coming out of his mouth. It just adds this whole air to the character that really works. Yeah, I I thought I thought that was that was a really cool part of the episode I, I like the game they were playing too it really matters when they're playing a game like that that it feel like a real game do you know what i mean yeah it feels like a part of the world it doesn't feel like something that they just threw a bunch of crap on the table that looks futury <laughs> i mean this it looked futury but it looked like a real game it wasn't um i can't remember the name of the martial art in star trek that i'm always talking about but that martial art that, that yeah. Riker does with his father that's so stupid it wasn't like that it was like a this felt like oh yeah i could see a game that looks like that and seems to play the way that they're playing it it looked like a real designed game to me Um, yeah i mean it was it had the dynamic of you know back and forth dynamic when they were playing too just the way they they acted around it 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 felt like they were playing a game and on top of that it looked cool and impressive so it's sort of you know Mm -hmm. a lot of times what they'll do in these movies and these shows is when it's the future and they're playing a game, they'll do something that looks cool and impressive but makes no sense. Do you know what I mean? Just to, when you when you think about what it was, it's like, well, I don't even understand what that was. But this, I could make sense of the movements and stuff. You know, it had there, there yeah. seemed to be some kind of internal logic to it. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. I, I guess we should probably move on to um, Rhapsody in Blue. Unless you have any yeah. other points you, you, you want to make about the flash. Uh, for the moment, I'm okay. I might, I might jump backwards at some point because I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit thrown off by the fact that we're, we're doing it in a weird order. But oh, okay. There's something that might come back to me, but I think, well, I, think I got the basics down. Well, what's but, terrible uh, is we did it as a courtesy to me, but then I still went and screwed them up and got them intertwined. So Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll carry on somehow. But yeah. I really like Rhapsody in Blue. I thought it was a really good episode. Um, yeah, I I liked it on a number of fronts. Number one, I just I, I instantly bought 
the people and the place that they took us to, right? And that's not always easy. You know, you know, I haven't instantly bought every place that we've been to. Here, I instantly bought it. Um, mm-hmm. I think in part because it all kind of flows from Zahn, and so all the pieces made sense immediately when I saw them. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, like I had, I had already accepted all of the basic precepts of the episode, um, and I, I really liked the Crichton background stuff. Which initially I was like, oh, oh no, we're on Earth again, and he's got a girl, and this is gonna suck. Do you know what I mean? I was just like, <laughs> I was like, this is gonna be terrible. We're gonna, we're gonna get fifteen minutes of this romance that he had back on earth that I don't care about at all. And yeah. they, they did a really good job with it though. And, and they did a good job of, I understood why they introduced that when it starts becoming relevant again. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was, it was important for them to lay that piece down early in the episode. Um, yeah. But you know, you talked about the Zahn thing. It would be weird watching it in the other order too, from the standpoint that he just has the thing with Aaron start. And all of a sudden he's got Alex yeah. back on his mind again. It's uh... <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was that I, I, and in fact, I had that thought. I was like, Oh, well, I guess he's over the thing that he had with Sun just now. Um, yeah. And also yeah. neither of them are acknowledging what just happened. You know, there's no, I mean, maybe when we get to Jeremiah Crichton, there will be no recognition of the event that transpired between them. But I would expect there to be at least some visual cue that they are aware of the discomfort following that. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and here it was just like, no, it's like that never happened. Um, never happened. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I, I'm a little hazy on how much of a cue we're going to get because it's been a little while mm-hmm. since I've watched the show past this point. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, in this episode, too, it's, it would be weird, you know, they, they made the choice in this episode, basically, that they, they, they kind of kick Aaron out of the story. She gets kicked out of the temple, has to go back. And so when Crichton's going through the whole thing with Alex, Aaron isn't even around, which would seem weird if they'd already, you'd think they'd want her to be part of that story. But yeah, yeah so I, yeah, I feel, I feel the, the DVD order works better for that reason. So we, we learn about Zahn's crimes, which are crime, which is... Yeah. Uh, and so I, I don't know if I followed it 100%. It sounded like there was a political leader who allied with the um, the peacekeepers mm-hmm. in order to extend his blocks, stay in power. And, yeah. And then they, uh, they basically started repressing the population, right? That was the... And so she got revenge by becoming his lover and then... I think unit. she was already his lover. Oh, she was already I, I, his lover clear, by the time that I, I think, yeah, I think I don't think she became his lover to kill him. I think she was his lover, but he, you know, okay, because I think I think she said she was his student or something. Okay, so she so. was our okay. So that 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 actually makes it even more impactful in my opinion because I thought yeah. she became his lover in order to get the revenge. But the revenge is they have this thing called unity, which is like a. It's kind of like the spiritual version of having sex, right? Like they're, it's like a, it's like a more sensual mind meld, right? Like, yeah, like, pretty much. <laughs> um, and so your 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 souls become one, your minds become one, and um, it's presented as vaguely erotic. I would say, wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, and and and, and uh, so she does this with him, and I guess that's also a key moment where you're vulnerable. And she, she, I think what she did was she she basically unlocked her own rage and put it into him right until he died was that was that how she killed him i wasn't 100% clear 
Yeah, I don't think they, they make it entirely clear what she mentally does, so I, I can't really answer that question. But, but that's she a, said that's something about good, having good... demons for him, so that's why I thought... Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying makes sense. Like I said, it, I, they don't say it with 100% certainty, but I like I like your explanation. <laughs> but... Uh, but it was it was pretty horrifying to watch because up when you, when you're seeing the flashback you have no idea what's coming and it yeah. just looks like oh we're getting we're getting to see Zahn's romantic backstory that's what we're getting to see she had a husband or something or you know a uh-huh. lover of importance and then you're like oh my god no and and and, and and the words that they're speaking it's like oh we're becoming one and you know now I will you know like I, I will I will fill your soul with joy or I don't know what she said but you're not expecting her to suddenly go now i'm going to you know unleash demons upon you and you know, yeah. and, and then he screams and it's terrible so yeah i like Crichton being genuinely rattled by the whole thing too it was just like what, what the hell was that what i, yeah, what I loved so... about Crichton's reaction was he was so fixated on you killed the guy you were having sex having with, sex with. Yeah. it was it was it, you know it was a really, I, I understood why he fixated on that, but it was, it, it seemed like an odd thing. It's, it's, it's sort of made yeah. Crichton look a little bit douchey, but in a good way for the episode, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, it, it felt like a real reaction yeah. in, a, in a somewhat ridiculous way he worded it. But, uh, yeah, I, I it's, no, it's, it's, I mean, I, I like and I like the interaction between the uh, the, the characters here, Talene, Hosko, and Lorana, and Lorana too. The uh, the woman that you know is is masquerading as Alex for a lot of the episode. She, uh, I mean, you know, you're talking about how it's kind of a sen- got the sensual thing. The thing where where Lorana is now doing unity with Talene. I mean, the way Talene talks about it later, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, I was just having unity with you because you were easy, you know? And it's, it's, well, and the, and the, the Talene character, she's the one you said that was masquerading as Alex, right? No, Lorana was the one masquerading as Alex. Lorana, okay. Is, is the head one. The okay, one who, uh, okay. So Lorana was the one, I found her storyline the most interesting because she kind of mm-hmm. almost seems to fall in love with Crichton through the process of seducing him with... The, yeah, the Alex. I thought that was really, really interesting. Um, yeah, because it's I like well the idea. Done. Because normally you'll you'll often have characters that that employ those kind of tricks in this kind of a show. I like that there was a cost for the person using it. Do you know what I mean? That there was sort of like a that that it wasn't that 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 she was actually having real emotions in these interactions with him that are that developed. Yeah. That that, yeah. that was very interesting to me, and it, it also it also planted a seed that who knows maybe it'll become relevant in the future. Maybe she returns as a character later. Or, you know, we don't know, but uh, but I, I I really like that. I, I liked a lot of the stuff about this episode. I, I I I thought that I thought that everything was really you know really just worked well here. I, I mean I don't know. If, there's probably details that I'm glossing over, but um, oh yeah, I, I, going back to the Lorana thing too. It's like the fact. You know, the fact that, you know, she 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 can't deal with it anymore because she genuinely starts to like Crichton because of Crichton, you know, basically, you know, he, you know, his loyalty to Zahn is strong enough that she, uh, you know, she's kind of won over. And I mean, and that is ultimately what leads to the solution and how to help Zahn is that he's like, oh, well, you know, you just have to show Zahn how you see, Zahn, see her and that'll that'll help her get her uh, her mindset back. I gotta say, I kind of liked the darker Zahn a little bit. I thought she was a little bit sexier, <laughs> and the the sort of you know when her rage was less controlled. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. And I, th- I think, but I think, but, and, and, and I'm not just saying that to be funny. I think with a character like hers, that's actually really important because her character is like a sex priestess, right? Like that's kind of what she is. Like she's a, there's, there's a very, it's a very unusual character type. And it kind of yeah. harkens back to like really ancient practices you read about in like Mesopotamia and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's got, yeah. it's got like an ancient pedigree, but it's something that you don't often see in, in you know, as a main character in a TV show. And to to the, the to get the explanation of um, you know sort of how like number one she actually levels up during this episode right she becomes a level she ten does yeah um, but but you the the path to getting there you sort of learn about this this rage that I guess they're all sort of having to contend with is is it just hers like I don't understand. What, you know, it, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like it's something that I mean, it, it just it just kind of seems that, that it can be a problem any of them can have if they push too hard. I mean, okay. it's uh, it's 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 kind of wusha esque in a way with some of this stuff that it's yeah. like, yeah, if they 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 level up too fast, they can just develop this negative energy and it can eat them away. And and the reason why I think making her a little bit more sexy when that happens is because it also makes her more dangerous to the viewer. Do you I mean you feel, yeah. do you know what I mean? It, it's, it's not just like a gratuitous thing. It, it adds to the, the sense of, Oh, this, this character's dark side is actually really dangerous and significant. And, you know, there are moments when you're like, Oh, is she going to like, when, when Crichton tries to help her, you're like, should he be doing that? He might be exposing himself. To, she might just yeah. kill him. Cause we don't know what she's capable of. We know she can kill. We know that she's, She's killed before. Um, and yeah, well, she's planning to kill again at that point. She's yeah. already decided she's going to, she's She's told Pauline, oh, I'll do unity with you again. You can get the rest. But her, you know, Crichton figures it out. He's like, you're going to kill her, aren't you? You're just going to go in there and boom. So, yeah, she, 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 is, she, is, she is back in her murderer state again. But what's so. interesting is after she levels up, she puts her vestments away and says she's not worthy of them. Yeah. And so I I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know if, oh, maybe she felt that she failed because she gave into the rage. And so she needs to take time to uh, to sort of control her emotions or, you know, whatever. Or maybe she just doesn't want to be a, a priestess anymore. The other thought I had was, well, maybe what happened was she had unity with Crichton. And th- I mean, and it wasn't just unity. It was like he actually he actually saved her from yeah. from a descent into evil for lack of a better description. And I mean, that's a, I think, I think a common reaction that a person would have if that, if they were in her shoes is to fall in love with the person who saved them. Do you know what I mean? That's like a, and so I was wondering, Oh, maybe she doesn't feel worthy because she has some sort of emotional attachment to Crichton now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so I didn't know if it was that, that, or I had a third option, which I forgot about, but, but I was wondering well, what's the reason why she put the vestments away? What you know, like why doesn't she feel worthy? Um, yeah, there's there's definitely an interesting connection between uh, Zahn and and Crichton in this show. I mean, going you know going back to the episode of uh, what is it? Uh, the oh man, a back and back and back to the future, for example. You know, in that one where I, I don't know, I just I just feel that you know she she. She makes more effort to understand Crichton than a lot of the other characters, and there's well, there's that's her personality too, because she's kind yeah. of like a she's a 
she sort of like tends to people emotionally also right like that sort of you know she 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 seems to be a very empathetic character um, yeah but but yeah I, I but yeah they i mean obviously i would imagine after that experience that creates some kind of bond that they're going to have in the future um, yeah so so yeah so i just didn't know uh you know, I, I know. I'm just very curious about that last scene and where that's going to lead to. I'm assuming we get some explanation of it later on. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a good good. I, I like I like the closing of that scene too, where he's like, "Well, you know, isn't that you know just a waste after all that time?" It's like, "No, it wasn't a waste. The happiest years of my life." It's just a, it's a really bittersweet closing to the episode i I find a lot of farscape episodes are really good at kind of closing on this kind of powerful line well and and i guess you just don't know so does that mean she's permanently not going to be i i forget what the title is but whatever her title was she's not going to be one of those anymore she's not going to be a priestess is she you know does that mean she can't use her powers anymore or is that like you know like that i have all these questions that I want answered now, you know, which I think yeah. is good. If a show does that, it's good. I think what I wouldn't want to see, though, is for them to just act like that didn't happen. That would be, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, like I said, I, I'm, I'm a little hazy on a lot of the details going forward because I haven't I've been I've been resisting the urge to uh, go too far ahead in the show. Mm. But <laughs> and it's been a while since I watched it before. But the. Uh, but yeah, I, I like I like the detail. Uh, one, one detail that's interesting in this episode is the beginning when they're all talking about their dreams. All the guys are like, "Oh yeah, I had this dream about my lover," and blah blah blah. And they all realize they had a similar, a yeah. similar kind of dream, and you know, then Zahn just totally out of character doesn't want to talk about it's like oh you and your masculine sex dreams just Mm. you know once you know a little later in the episode you know well she did have the dream because she brings it up to talene and she doesn't want to talk about her last last time with her lover because it was her murdering him so it's like her shutdown there is really telling but you know that's the more obvious thing but aaron also said doesn't what nothing and yeah, no, like, yeah, it raises that question. Why right? does Aaron why does Aaron shut down the conversation? What is she hiding? <laughs> and do we get Rigel's uh Yeah, Rigel Rigel had like his he had his hundred oh, yeah, maidens right. that he you know his, he all had his wives, palace. right? All his wives. But uh But oh, didn't he it, but they already established that they don't really have erogenous zones, right? The um the creatures that he is. Didn't they? Uh, or they don't have. I don't know if they established that exactly. They, I don't know. I mean, they. they there was they, they something breed in about. A different way. They're, yeah. They're they're water breeders or something like that. Is what he said. They, they're not. They're not body breeders. Is is his term. That's what he so, said. Okay. Okay. I. I. Yeah. I. So I. I don't know what that exactly means. Okay. It's only so deep. I want to go into Rigel's sex life in my mind, so I'll leave that alone. Also, just on that point alone, I love the way that they, the the thing at the end with Stans was not just like, oh, we just threw that in at the last minute. They telegraphed that from the very beginning of the episode, when mm. when when Stans drops his or her pants, yeah, and, and they comment on, well, you're bipedal and you don't seem to have anything there, and uh, yeah, so. You know, uh, cut from the uh, common mold or whatever. Yeah. The standard mold. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, 
But yeah, another another interesting thing about this episode too is you get you get more insight into how the peacekeepers works. We already we already know the peacekeepers were hired to come in and take Rigel out. Rigel's cousin brought the peacekeepers in, and the peace they 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 basically helped stage this coup to get Rigel's cousin in power and arrested Rigel. And and now we now we see what happened with Zahn's people where. You know, this guy hired the peacekeepers to keep him in power. And so it's like they're just really good at ingratiating themselves into these internal power structures. They don't conquer planets. They just yeah. pick a faction and support a faction. That's why they're peacekeepers, kind of, right? That's why they're called the peacekeepers. Exactly. But yeah. it, it also kind of adds a complexity to it because now it's not so much that they're going around conquering people against their will. These places are bringing it on themselves to an extent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, the, the the moral culpability isn't as obvious anymore. Um, yeah, but the peacekeepers I like, I like are still probably atrocious. Huh? You know, oh, I, I like the way it's brought up, but it isn't it isn't hammered home. There isn't a conversation. You just kind of have these facts. You kind of you can kind of piece everything together yourself. It's uh, it's a nice way of doing the backstory there. Yeah, no, I I, I think I think the the morality of this show is pretty interesting. Actually, I'm very you know. Uh, it seems to come up frequently enough that they raise moral issues. Um, yeah, and they're often yeah. not really fully resolved. So I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe I should be paying more attention to those details. But, but yeah, this was a. It, it, I really like this episode, and I think um, this is definitely got me between the two of these. I'm definitely like, okay, I need to see what comes down the pike now. Like, I really need <laughs> to see what's coming up next. And, uh, and so I think, I think they did a fa- fantastic job. Um, yeah, so I don't know, is there anything else that we need to go over with this episode? I can't remember. Uh, I think we, did I, I have think any we other points? It. Yeah, I think we did cover everything. <laughs> I've, I've hit all the points in my notes, I'll say so, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I had one point in my note, which was the oh. which was Crichton's obsession with the sex detail in the murder. Um yeah, because yeah. uh, because everything else I figured I remember, um, but yeah. So I don't know, I'm definitely looking forward to, to what's coming next. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, so I believe we've got Jeremiah Crichton's the next episode. Then Durka returns. Okay. I believe is after that. Is that what you have, or do you have some other order? Yeah, who is Durka again? Durka is the uh, the guy that that had a uh, Rigel. The captured Rigel. Remember, we, we have we saw that flashback episode on the Zelbinian, the one with the with the tech girl. Yep. Where, yep. you know, he uh, wanted to confront Durka and found his corpse. Okay. So now we have the intriguingly titled Durka Returns. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. So. So yeah. So we'll we'll uh, again, and we should tell people this is actually available on Prime now, right? Um, yeah. So. Uh, I've been watching it on Prime, and you know, uh, you know, again, it's an older show, so the one thing to be aware of on Prime is that it's fit to like a TV screen; it's like a square rather than a widescreen thing. I believe next season, I think it does go widescreen. It I does. Think. Okay, yeah, because what what was it ninety nine? So yeah, it's probably like right on oh, yeah. the edge of. Um, yeah, I don't well, remember yeah. exactly when all of our TVs started becoming widescreen, but I do know it happened at a certain point in the two thousands. Um, in the 2000s yeah i mean not many people had widescreen by 2000 but it was it was it was, it was definitely a thing that was going to happen so they started making tv shows ready for it by okay. that point yeah, yeah i don't but, when I, I i still had a tube tv until about 
2010 maybe and then, yeah you know sounds, that sounds fair that seemed like a good number year to to advance my technology so <laughs> yeah that was that was when they started to hit the point where they weren't a ridiculous extravagance or no that's that's when you could get them at walmart and stuff that's what we've been doing is we always get our tvs at walmart uh yeah you know rather yeah. than go and get something super expensive um, yeah but yeah so so yeah so so again people can watch it on prime and uh you know which is i guess kind of a thing with us because it makes it easier for us to uh to to all watch the same thing if it's on prime um so so yeah 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 i mean we had the same lucky experience with babylon 5 where babylon 5 showed up on prime after we covered it so you know it's good timing i think it actually showed up oh no i i ended up buying avalon 5 on prime is how i was watching it when we saw it I just ended oh, up I know. I'm saying, so, oh, so, well, that, yeah, you're right. With that, it, it, it hit it hit Prime right after we were yeah. done with the podcast. Yeah, because I own yeah. like most of Babylon Five, I think, um, at this point. Like, I'm pretty sure yeah. I bought like all the seasons. Um, I have that all on DVD. So, but yeah, I, it, it's interesting. We had the problem with the uh, with, with the order this this episode because uh, I got an email from a friend of mine who listens to the podcast who was confused about the order. Because he actually has it on videotape from from when he was recording it as it came out. So he's got the original airing order. So the fact that I, you know, we've been doing it in the DVD order, he's like, what, why are all these episodes in the wrong place? That, I mean, that, so, that I could see how that and, would cause confusion. And Prime is doing his order. So they, they agree with him. So We should uh, say to our listeners, definitely write into us with questions or comments, mm-hmm. and we will often be able to talk about them on the show. Uh, yeah. or if you have a topic you want us to discuss, you know, send that along. And and just because the the prime thing came up, I should mention the Patreon again because we have a Patreon account for Wusha Weekend. But you know, definitely if you like this show, consider contributing to the Patreon for that because that that's the sort of thing that we would you know if we ever need to pick up a DVD or something for both of us to watch an old show and it's not available on Prime or something, that's what would enable us to do it. Um, so. So yeah, so um, so yeah, so again, I, I, this is this is a very good show. It's a very different show, though. It's one that like is not like a lot of other shows that I've that I've seen that it's, are science fictiony in this way. It's it's definitely yeah, it's good. unique, definitely. I can't compare it exactly to be like any other science fiction show that's out there. Um, and I think I think the characters are at this point in the show they all really work. I, there isn't a character that I dislike. Do you know what I mean? There isn't a character that I'm like, oh, we got to have an episode around this guy this week, oh. you know? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember you were a little iffy on uh, on Crichton, I think, in some of the early episodes. Just well, not not that you hated him, but just he wasn't as interesting. But I feel like he's he gets more and more interesting he, as the season goes. You on. know what it is? He does this thing with his eyes when he's when he's when he's talking to people. Like he'll be saying something really serious, but his eyes will be like like that. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if you <laughs> see him. I think. And to me, that's like a. That's why I use the word douche. He looks like somebody who's not being sincere. It looks like he—he's kind of got like a, uh, like a. There's like a jock, and I don't mean this as a. I'm not saying this like against all jocks or all athletes. I'm just saying there's kind of like a. I don't know. There's, there's a, a thing that certain guys do where they say something that sounds sincere, but their eyes tell you that they're not being sincere. Do you know mm. what I mean? And, and and Crichton does that a lot. And I don't know if it's because that's just the actor or if it's a choice. 
for the character. Do you know what I'm saying? So, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. but, uh, yeah, I have to think about that. But, do you uh, know what I'm talking about? Or am I just nitpicking? Uh, I'm not, I'm not certain. Like I said, I need to, I need to kind of watch and think about this. I watch. It's like his, but, his pupils are like half covered by his eyelids when he is talking to people sometimes. Hmm. And it's yeah, I don't know. I, I actually, I, I on the whole like the character a lot, so I may not be seeing what you're seeing, but, uh, it's well, yeah. Me, what do you, what do you like about the character? What do you find compelling about Crichton? <laughs> That's a, a tricky question. Uh, I mean, honestly, I got to say, because I, 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 I've seen the whole series, so there's things that I like that I can't even get into fully. But I, I don't know. I, I like his. Uh, I, let, let's table this for the next. Okay, podcast. that's fine. I will, I will answer this question at the next podcast with a prepared answer. All right, but, so we'll, uh, we'll stop at but, that cliffhanger. People can tune in uh, next time and find out why Adam likes Crichton. Adam likes Crichton. So they'll yeah, be on the edge of their seats and get until everyone uh, back. Yeah. But, uh, I, yeah, and I will say one more thing just related is this is, you know, the Henson does, the Henson company does the uh, special effects on this. The trailer for the Dark Crystal TV series on Netflix just came out today. So, just something Henson related. That, mm. uh, the Dark Crystal like was Farsi. a great movie. I I don't know oh, how yeah. I feel about a TV series. To be honest, I feel like I don't know who's doing it. That would well, be the question. I just feel like sometimes you need to leave things alone. Like the Dark sure. Crystal was a good movie, and it, it 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 made its impact, and I have fond memories of it. And now I don't know that I want that to be tampered with. Do you know what I mean? Like that <laughs> yeah. piece of history it's, it's, is all settled. Why mess it up? Do you know what I mean? Why um, mess it up? Yeah, I know. I, I understand your concern, but I'm, I'm, I really, I, I really, I just, I just want more Henson TV shows. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like Farscape. I like the old stuff like Labyrinth and Dark Crystal. And it's like, I just, the fact that somebody is giving, you know, the Henson workshop some money to, do but, their thing is exciting but to don't me. but don't you feel that the dark crystal kind of requires the mind of jim henson himself do you know what i mean like doesn't that like that was his baby wasn't it that was that wasn't well, there's a, i don't it depends if brian froud is involved too the guy that did all the art, the art. for it too so there's 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 is he multiple still he's still alive i'm assuming i think he's still alive and i haven't heard of him dying uh, but uh if he's i like i i just Saw the trailer shortly before we started recording podcasts today, so I, I haven't had a chance to look into who's actually making this thing. Um, yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I I I just always thought of that as like a real, like really indicative of Jim Henson's worldview and just his way. You know, it it just had Henson written all over it. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I I'm of the mindset. I don't know if I'll be watching a, a TV series, you know, like that. I, I that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I'm um, gonna I'm gonna give it a look. But I, well, uh, you can report yeah. back, and maybe if it's intriguing enough to you, I'll, re- you know, I'll reluctantly yeah, join I mean, in and watch. Um, we just got a trailer now too, so I don't even know when this thing well, is coming out. Now, now that I have, you know, now that we're talking trailers and stuff, did you see the new Star Wars trailer? I did. Yeah. Did you hear yeah. the news about? Uh, Palpatine. I heard the laugh of Palpatine in the trailer. So uh... <laughs> they've confirmed that he's going to be in the uh, in the film, and it's oh, going to okay. be played by what's his name, the guy that played him in the 
Yeah, yeah. I figured they'd bring him back again. I, like, I got you know, just a laugh in there. I thought, okay, yeah, that guy's still around. Why wouldn't you have him in there? But do you... I, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I, I mean, I, 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 I just didn't really get into the last one very much. I, I kind of liked it okay the first time, and I liked it less the second time I watched it. And so I'm not... You weren't enthused. I don't know. You, a lot of people were turned off by the last movie. Um, and I think we even had a conversation about it where, you know, I had watched it months later, and I thought it was good. I enjoyed it, but I could see... I, I could definitely see the, the criticisms were not unwarranted in a lot of the cases right like the like there was a lot of stuff that you could complain about for real with that movie um yeah i i mean i I didn't have some of the criticisms that that a lot of people were going on about but it didn't it it just didn't hang together for me i I don't know i mean it didn't feel i don't know i i just i just it just it felt like it was it was being too clever and trying to subvert your expectations at every point to the point where it's like well it's not even. It doesn't even feel like a Star Wars movie well, anymore. And I was thinking about that today. And I was like, well, you know, I don't really mind when a movie does that, but when it's this the eighth movie in a franchise and it's suddenly doing that, that feels weird. Do you know I mean it makes well, that? Kept, yeah, it, it kept doing it too through the yeah. whole movie. Oh, we're subverting your expectations, and ten minutes later, we're going to subvert your expectations. But, and it just—it's like it's not surprising anymore. I'm, well, st- I'm seeing the seeing the strings now. Well, and the other thing about that is it's it's not really that clever in the first place to do. Exactly. It's, it's not like it, it's it's the easiest thing in the world to flip tropes or flip expectations or go against expectations. It requires zero effort. All it requires is an awareness of what the expectations or tropes are and then turning uh, them and, yeah. and turning them on their heads. So and 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 it's not. And also, you know, and again, I had no problem with the moral message of that movie and and I do want to say, just to head off any criticism, I loved Rose Tico as a character. I thought she was great. Yeah, Rose is um, great. I, I, but, yeah, I, but, we'll get that out But there. something I mean, that, I, that's, I like Rose. Something that I do hear that sort of frustrates me is just a, uh, I don't know, a, a, a consumer of media, is people will, will give a movie more moral weight because it does mm-hmm. these things. And I don't think there's anything moral about flipping tropes or subverting expectations do you i just don't i just don't i don't yeah, i think that's I, a horrible I, I, way to sort of look at morality um that well, aesthetics... I, think, I think a lot of people got overly excited i i wasn't a fan of the movie but i don't it's not an outrage to me or i don't i don't really there's not well, I, i'm not I, I think people put too much importance on that movie well, no and i agree and i think the problem is now what we have is we have a situation where that movie split people totally down the middle in, mm-hmm. in like in almost like a partisan way, like people were people were putting things on that movie that had nothing to do with that movie. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. and so now <laughs> now now what, the directors have a choice. They either they can continue the trajectory of that film, right, or they can say, you know what, that film deviated too far, so we're going to go back to the arc that was started with Episode Seven. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think both of those are perfectly valid choices. But no matter which one they make, they're going to piss off half of the audience now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They, 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 they can't avoid it. So no matter what they do with this movie, unless they find a way of seamlessly blending what happened with 8 and continuing with 7, 
they're going to piss off everybody. You know, they're going to piss off half the people. So uh, I, 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 I don't know. I just, I just don't think we should be putting so much, um, so much pressure on a movie. To, yeah, to, exactly. That's yeah. why I, I, you know, I mean, I'm happy to talk about it, but it's like I don't, I don't, I don't want to create the idea that I'm outraged about the latest Star Wars movie. No. I just, I just, I just, there are things about it that disappointed me. That's all. No, and to be honest, <laughs> that's why I'm glad I waited six months because I feel like uh, if I had seen yeah. it at the height of the discussion, I would have been bringing all those emotions into the viewing experience, and I would have, yeah. I would have probably been like like not comfortable watching it or something. You know what I mean? I would have had like all these conflicting emotions. And I think, uh, I think waiting six months and realizing that the conversation that revolved around it was largely stupid in the first place, that it just reduced any of my, like, I just didn't feel biased in any way. I felt like I was able to go in and decide whether I liked it, not care what people thought. So, you know, now I'll identify the thing I disliked most about this movie. Actually, I kind of now we've been talking about it. It's kind of come back to me. It was, it was Luke, and not 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 so much the stuff that happened on the planet when he was with Ray. I really hated the fact when he projected himself to Kylo Ren, mm. who he had almost attempted to kill and kind of drove into the dark side. And Luke's Luke's big thing in the original trilogy. He's the one guy who believes that Darth Vader can be redeemed, mm. that he can bring that he can bring his father back to the light side. And, but no, when he drives, when he almost kills his nephew and drives him off into the dark side, all he does is scorn him. He just scorns him in that confrontation and mocks him and makes him look like a fool and tells him he's a bad person. And I'm like, that is not what that character is about. I mean, he, he, he contributed to Kylo Ren's fall and he just has nothing, nothing but negative things to say to him. I'm not saying he should have been able to redeem him, but the fact that he was just so, I'm just like, he's, 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 there's, there's, I mean, he has no hope. He has no hope in humanity at all anymore. And it's just like, it, and it's kind of framed as this heroic thing. It felt like we were supposed to cheer. It's like, oh man, Luke's really tearing into that dude. And yeah, not the kind, you know, and it just—I don't know. It didn't, it didn't well, sit it, right. It overlooks the tragedy that this is his nephew. Completely yes, that exactly. Scene. And that's exactly. and that's that's not a. Small there was no thing. family relationship yeah. in that scene at all. No, and that's he was not the nephew who, who trained him as a Jedi. <laughs> and and I mean, and and there's all those emotional scenes with Leia surrounding it, so it makes it even stranger. Do you know what I yeah. mean? So, yeah. I mean, I think anybody that's got that kind of, you know, that's got any kind of relationship with uncles or, or nephews, just know that that, that felt that I, I agree with you on that. Um, I also feel like, I mean, I love anti-heroes and I love dark heroes, but I don't feel like every hero needs to be one. And I don't exactly. feel that like, and I don't feel like, I don't feel like uh, heroicism on its own has to be viewed with suspicion. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like mm-hmm. there there was a lot of again I I sort of file under people putting things on a movie that a movie really doesn't owe anybody. It's it's not it's it, you, I want to live in a world where we can have heroic Luke Skywalkers and we can have you know darker anti heroes. Do you know what I mean? I want yeah. both. Um, yeah. But I feel like what was going on in that discussion is people were kind of saying no, we have to pick one or the other. Do you know what I mean? We have to live in a world that's all X, Y, and Z, and 
it can't be these other things. And that's that's sort of what was frustrating me with the discussion and the the debate surrounding the film. Um, yeah, and it, I mean, I don't say there's one other thing too. Kylo Ren's progression, like the way he has the scene with Ray, where he's like, "Look, we don't have to get involved in this fight. There's this. Mm-hmm. It's not our fight. Why are we on this whole thing? We should just go in a different direction." But then, so Ky, you know, Kylo kills i can't even remember his name the uh the big evil guy that uh oh snoke snoke yeah he kills snoke but then then he takes over and he just does the you know it's like i was i was actually really interested during that scene it's like wow what is this kind of third path kylo is talking about but now he's like okay i'm the boss now we're just going to be the empire types and we're just going to be the dark side guys we're just going to be the exact same thing and fight the rebellion and i do have to say (laughs) i thought that scene looked super cool i like the style and visuals of that scene the way that the characters looked the way yeah just the, the 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 colors of everything it all it all looked good um yeah i i so, so like, here's my feeling. Like emotion, it felt like imaginably bankrupt. Like once Kylo Ren took over, they're like, well, we don't really have an idea for something new to do. So let's just have him. He's just going to do what Snoke would have done. <laughs> so I think when he told her that her parents were just like nobodies, mm-hmm. that that was a lie. That's, that's It seems that. It's looking yeah. that way based on the yeah. title of the new movie. And, and I know there's a lot of theories of why. Maybe it's just that that's the name of the organization that's created in the wake of the Jedi or something. But I don't know. I feel, I when when I first saw the scene where he told her that, I was like, you know, Luke was lied to too when he was told about <laughs> his parents. And so it's not like there isn't a precedent for people lying about who your father is and who your mother is. So I yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, sadly, I think what they're going to do is they're going to they're 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 probably going to make their the well the decision's already been made, but whatever they decided was probably determined by what's going to nab them the largest segment of the audience possible right because that's wow, kind of what they business yeah so but i think <laughs> artistically i think it makes more sense to have kylo ren have lied to her about her parents and to and to return to this being about skywalkers do you know what i mean i think you know i know people don't want it to be about skywalkers for well it's the last movie of the series i mean to suddenly decide for the last two movies this series about the skywalkers isn't about the skywalkers it's like it's so i mean they've got they're doing non-saga movies it's like the saga a saga is a story about a family over multiple generations i mean (laughs) it doesn't make sense it's like this saga isn't about them well and again i i I file it under people putting things on a film or a concept that like you know because i think the argument against it is that by by having this movie that's about the Skywalker line, who are these powerful Jedi's, it sort of reinforces this notion of aristocracy or yeah, you know, a, a royal bloodline. But I mean, living in America, like aristoc, we, we aristocracy and royal bloodlines have very little meaning to us. Do you know what I mean? It's not it's not like a real palpable threat to. Do you know what I mean? It's just it, it, the 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 way that I oh. see I see it more as like a family line. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, like you know, my dad was a great salesman, so maybe I'll be a great salesman type thing. Not you know, like that kind of a thing. Um, yeah, and I mean, there's you can still keep the focus on the Skywalkers without saying that it's all about they're the, the best people in the universe too. I mean, I don't know. There's other ways to do it. You well, know, and also that's not say... what they're saying about them. Darth Vader was one of the most horrible people. Exactly. Who, you know, so it's not that they're the greatest. It's that they have this. 
you know this 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 power in their bloodline but that that's again that's you know it's not it's it's not like you can't have you know i don't know i just don't see it as like a as a moral or political message i see it as uh you know as as far as as far as if you want these movies to not be you know aristocratic and be democratic the message of of this movie was that they put out their call for help and absolutely nobody in the universe cared about the rebellion. They sent out the distress matches like, Oh, nobody cares, which is it's So this movie can't pose itself as being pro democratic. It's the, the people just don't care. They're going to sit at home. No one's going to help us. Now, I mean, literally that is, that is part of the message of the movie. So, well, and I mean, also you don't need the, um, you know, you don't, the political, the political ideology of the filmmakers doesn't have to be reflected in the cosmology of the No, universe. it doesn't. I'm not yeah. talking about yeah. that, but I'm saying if you are, I'm saying it's, if, if I'm saying if they're trying to get away from an, uh, you know, from a, an aristocratic model, they're going the wrong direction. Well, if you live in, if you live in a universe where the common people just sit on their butt and do nothing, well, then you need great leaders, don't yeah. you? <laughs> well, I think what they, I think what people were hoping for was that it was going to become something where the force was accessible to anybody who wanted to train in it sort of a thing. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I, and I actually like that. I mean, I, I really like in the first movie, you know, going all the way back to the seventies. I like that. I like when Obi-Wan offers to teach Han the force. It's like, Hey, I'll teach you that. That was, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I was kind of sad the movies got away from that. So I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, and also it's, I mean, what, you know, what I would liken it to, I think when they say the force is strong with you, I, I don't know. I, I sort of felt like that's not the only requirement of being a Jedi. Surely there are people that have weaker force like abilities, but are still really good Jedi because they excel at other aspects of being a Jedi. Right. So yeah. otherwise, yeah. you know, so I, I think it's, it could be likened to having really strong internal energy in a um, Wusha series. You know, not everybody's going to be the internal energy master. That you know, you know. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, but we've probably gone on way too long now because we've like had yeah, a thirty minutes Star way, Wars way off on a tangent here. Um, so, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe what we'll have to do is when that movie comes out, we'll have to watch it and talk about it, and you know. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how people yeah. feel when that comes out. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So so again, we'll head out and we'll be back. Uh, I think on probably on Wednesday because uh, we got off schedule. So I'll probably be back on Wednesday to talk about the next. Uh, Farscape episode, and then after that, we'll we'll, we'll try to resume our Ipmon uh, on Sunday or something. I imagine. Um, so so until then, we will talk to you later. Bye.